Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 824, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Let's read our passage. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, We know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius. Whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they said to him. Then he said to them, Give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We've reached the point where Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's been telling his disciples that he's going to Jerusalem to die and be raised on the third day. They don't quite understand it all yet, but we had the triumphant entry as he entered Jerusalem, people proclaiming that he was the Messiah. We had the temple cleansing where he chased people out, saying they had turned his house, which should be a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. Then the children singing his praises, and Jesus was chastised by the religious leaders. He cursed the fig tree, showing the coming judgment on those who are not being fruitful. And then he was challenged about his authority, and he gave these three parables in response. The two sons in the vineyard, one actually did the will of the father. And then the parable of the landowner and the wicked tenants, where the wicked tenants were replaced with faithful tenants. And then the third parable, the guests invited to the wedding banquet who refuse to come and then are replaced by other guests. Now we pick it up in chapter 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. Now remember, back in verses 45 and 46 of chapter 21, When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. Although they were looking for a way to arrest him, they feared the crowds, because the people regarded him as a prophet. So they recognized that Jesus is trouble for them, and they're looking for a way to get rid of him, so they would like to arrest him. The question is, arrest him for what? And that's what they're plotting to do now. They've got to get something to arrest him for. He's got a reputation for saying some outlandish things, so they need to get him to say something that's going to get him in trouble. There's two ways they could get him in trouble. Get him to say something that's blasphemous in the eyes of the Jewish leaders, or get him to say something that's going to get him in trouble with the Roman leaders. And that's what they're looking at here today, is how to get him in trouble with Rome, or get him in trouble with the crowds. So they're specifically trying to trap him by what he says. Verse 16. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. So these are the Pharisees doing this, and they sent their disciples. So they sent some Pharisees, but they also send Herodians. 
Now, we don't see much of the Herodians, but the Herodians are loyal to the dynasty of King Herod. And they're on friendly terms with the Romans. So the Pharisees and Herodians are odd group to be together here. But they both have trouble with Jesus. And so anything they can do together to get Jesus in trouble, they'll go for it. Continues. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Well, that's a lot of flattery. But they're trying to force him to give an answer here, saying, oh, you're, you always speak the truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth, and you don't care what anybody thinks about what you say. So they're trying to paint him into a corner that he has to give an answer to. Remember, when the chief priests and elders were speaking to him, and he asked them about the authority of John the Baptist, they didn't want to give an answer. So they said, we don't know, because they were afraid of the crowds. And that's what they're trying to prevent Jesus from doing, of doing something where, because he's afraid of one group or another, make him give them an answer, because they think they've got him, whatever he provides the answer. Verse 17, tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, this is a loaded question, and they think they've got the perfect question here. The Romans levy a tax. All the people in the Roman Empire, and that includes the people in Palestine. It's very unpopular. This idea of the Roman government charging the Jews a tax really goes against the grain. It's a very unpopular tax. It started in AD 6 when Rome started direct rule in Judea. In fact, there was a revolt that started over it. Judas the Galilean led a revolt against the payment of Roman taxes. Conveniently, he was a Galilean like Jesus. In fact, uh, the Jewish historian Josephus, in one of his books, The Wars of the Jews, he talks about this. There was a certain Galilean whose name was Judas, prevailed with his countrymen to revolt, and said they were cowards if they would endure to pay a tax to the Romans, and would, after God, submit to mortal men as their lords. This man was a teacher of a particular sect of his own, and was not like all the rest of their leaders. So this is Josephus' words about Judas the Galilean. And he's credited with starting the group called the Zealots. And he led this revolt against the payment of taxes, saying you're not being faithful to God if you pay these Roman taxes. And he led an uprising. In fact, in the book of Acts, when the Sanhedrin is deciding what to do about John and Peter preaching in the temple, Acts 5, start with verse 33. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. He said to the men of Israel, Be careful about what you're about to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. He also perished, and all his followers were scattered. So even later, when they're dealing with Peter and John in the temple, they're still talking about Judas the Galilean, who started this revolt. 
So there was this revolt against the payment of taxes. Now, question here, what's Jesus going to say? If Jesus says taxes are bad, you shouldn't pay taxes to Rome, he's in trouble with Rome. And the Roman governor is not going to like this at all. But if he says, no, no, we should pay Roman taxes, the crowd's not going to like that. And that's liable to erode some of his support with the crowds. So they think they've got him either way here. Verse 18, perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, why are you testing me, hypocrites? Now, why do you suppose he's calling them hypocrites? We'll see in a minute. Verse 19, show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius. Now, the denarius was the Roman coin, but it was offensive to the religious leaders because they considered it an idolatrous coin. It had the image of Caesar on it, who claims to be a god, and on it says Divi Filius, which means son of a god, and Pontiff Maximus, which means high priest. So on one side it says he's the son of a god, on the other side it says he's a high priest, and there's an image of him on it. And so it was just all over considered an idolatrous coin by the leading Jews. Because of that, the Roman governor allowed them to use their own copper coins locally for their own uses. But Jesus asked them to show him a denarius. They whip one out. And uh, interesting, there, even in the temple area, these high-ranking Jews have this idolatrous coin on them. That's why he calls them hypocrites. So verse 20, whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they said to him. Then he said to them, give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. The, the translators here have to uh, work to try and put it in clear English. And some English translations don't say give, some say render, but that's old English. We don't use that anymore. Some say give back to Caesar. Literally, what the Greek says is give back Caesars to Caesar. Where the first Caesar is a genitive case, the second Caesar is a dative case. And so it's basically saying give back Caesars to Caesar. Give back gods to God. I like the idea of give back. The NIV keeps give back. The Holman Bible used to give back. Point being that this is Caesar's already, and you're just giving back to Caesar what is already his. Similarly, you're giving back to God what is already his. Delinks the two. And this is a new way of thinking. And so, verse 22, when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. The idea of delinking civil government from religious authority was a new way of thinking, particularly for the Jews. They had always had a theocracy. The religious leaders were the leader of the nation. And the only time it wasn't when they were under the thumb of some foreign government. And often they viewed that as God's judgment on them. They didn't consider the Romans to be God's judgment on them, because no prophet had said, this is going to happen. And that's why they were waiting for the Messiah to come rescue them from the tyranny of the Roman government. But the idea that you could be a faithful citizen and pay taxes to the civil government, but also be a faithful servant to God, 
and give to God that which belongs to God, do both of those was not normally in their thinking. And so here we see really a new way of thinking that for the, the Jewish people that you're just giving back to Caesar what is already his, and but you're also giving back to God what is already his. We even saw that in the parable of the vineyard of the wicked tenants who were not giving back to the landowner what was rightfully his. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.